Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Jolly Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Barrett. This podcast is for those who are interested in the conversation around diversity, inclusion, and equity. Each week, I'll be interviewing a guest who has something special to share or is actively part of building solutions in this space. Let's get started. Randy Ramiro is the founder and CEO of Infanta International Incorporated, the parent company of the first and only double gold craft distilled spirits brand of its kind, Infanta Lampanog. Infanta Lampanog is made from coconut palm tree nectar imported from the islands of the Philippines and the first and only to reach U.S. and UAE markets. Randy is passionate about sharing his cultural heritage with others through his brand and also enjoys learning about other cultures as well. Prior to his endeavors as a serial entrepreneur in industries spanning renewable energy, climate change, import-export, and product development, Randy's professional background holds over eight years in federal procurement that supported fundamental science research efforts at Stanford University's SLAC National Accelerator Laboratory and UC Berkeley's Lawrence Berkeley National Labs. Randy's personal interests include world travel, music, Bishan Frisis, and spending quality time with his family. All right, Randy, I'm so excited to have you this week with me. Um, so I am just uh, elated that we had the opportunity to meet at a community event not long ago. And um, you are, we'll give a shout out to Yu Ying who connected us, Yu Ying Lu. She is out there, our San Francisco Arts Commissioner now, um, and talented all around artist for sure. Um, so I want to just start off talking a little bit about um, your background and how you came to be where you are today. Wow. Uh, well, I guess there, there's a lot of different ways I can take it, but you know, let's let's start off from the very beginning of uh, the 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 start of Infanta, Infanta Lampanog, which is the brand that I represent. Um, it's a uh, an idea that formed uh, back in 2008, and it was to bring in a uh, product, which is alcohol, an alcohol brand of our own, in, in, of our own, my own country and my heritage uh, of the Philippines. It's called Lambanog. Uh, the brand is called Infanta. And uh, we brought the first um, yeah, Lambanog brand to be sold on the market here in the US and also the United Arab Emirates. And it's uh, very representative of our heritage and culture, which was not represented before. And I think, um, you know, first off, just want to say thank you, Melissa, for having us here on the Jolly Podcast. It's very, uh, very in tune with what we're what we believe. 
Awesome. Well, I'm so glad to hear about it. I mean, and you know, you hear about, you know, so many people being the first. Um, and so for you to be able to bring it here to the U.S. Um, is pretty awesome. So do you want to talk a little bit about, I think you said you were born in Philippi- in the Philippines. Yep. Uh, yes, that's right. We, I was born in the Philippines um, in Manila, or Makati, in Makati, Philippines. Uh, but uh, in my family, you know, we, we were kind of, uh, our family is both, uh, you know, American and, and Philippines. So we have dual citizenship. And I was born in the Philippines, but shortly after, you know, in the one year, you know, when I was one years old, uh, one or two years old came to the U.S. and kind of, assim- you know, our families just kind of assimilated into that, but also held very strongly to our culture and heritage. And, you know, that uh, there's a whole story behind that, and not only for myself, but for our community at large. That's awesome, because that's often <clears throat> really difficult to do. I know um, as I grew up, my mother is from Panama, mm-hmm. and for for us, it was like, we need to speak English. You're not going to speak Spanish. Um, and so we, you know, we, of course, had this disconnection because of the assimilation that, you know, everybody was trying to go back in the 70s. Um, so it, I love the fact that, you know, you're keeping that culture, as my husband used to say, a culture keeper um, to really make sure that the culture comes through and that uh, everybody gets to know the heritage um, and gets exposed to it. That's great. Yeah, I think I think that was like a very common, I, I guess you could say, theme uh, in, you know, in the 80s and 90s, um, you know, I, I guess assimilating into this new into this culture, maybe as a first generation or second generation um, immigrant, uh, you know, like the question as you grow up would be, you know, how do I how am I accepted, uh, you know, in this society and also represent my my own and i know in my experience like speaking with others in our community you know, i've come across people that have completely disowned their uh their culture and i was alarmed because i'm thinking we have such a beautiful culture and it should be shared and yeah. not only that and i you know i'm i'm filipino and w- with that there's an understanding of our our culture being very inclusive and accepting and also sharing and um, that was a surprise to me. And I wanted to change that narrative. And it's a very uh, similar uh, similar um, uh, goals with others in our community too, that I've come to find, uh, you know, they had the same experience. And to be part of that, uh, to find myself a part of something that was actually happening, a movement that was happening uh, was really special. Uh, yeah. community of my own, so. That's awesome. Well, and now you have this opportunity to educate people on a culture that they may not be aware of. So, so what is Lumpenog and where does it come from? What does it taste like? You're going to have to describe it for our listeners. You know, um, I, I had an idea to bring a bottle here to just show it. I can, <laughs> I can even do, we can do a cut and then show it. Yes. Uh, sure. In its uh, very simple form is it's an alcohol that's distilled from palm tree nectar. And so specifically coconut palm trees. Um, when you go back to the Philippines, people may call refer to it as coconut vodka, coconut wine. And I think um, 
you know, Lumbanog inherently being from uh, like the industry of distilled spirits and culturally uh, from the Philippines, there was this connect because, uh, you know, I think in the Philippine uh, mindset, there wasn't an understanding of uh, this industry, uh, you know, with alcohol and distilled spirits that we didn't know the terminology, didn't know how to kind of connect, which is also another um, uh, another thing that uh, we, I guess you can say our culture is assimilating to, but uh, uh, in the same effect, the industry did, did not also acknowledge that there is a lot of contributions that our culture and heritage has uh, contributed to uh, the distilled spirits uh, history and culture and community at large. And there's so many, I'd love to go into that, uh, if you will. And, Please, uh, yeah. <laughs> would love to share that with you all. And That's awesome. Um, maybe before I start, I can just grab a, a bottle to show. Yeah, Is that all right? Great. That'd be great. Okay, one second. Because you gotta, you gotta have a bottle close by at all times, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh, how come I don't have one here? <laughs> here is our bottle. It's uh, uh, so beautiful. Melissa and viewers, this is our bottle. It's called Infanta Lumbanog. Lumbanog is the category of spirits so similar to uh, sake or vodka or rum. This is the category. Infanta here is the brand that we bring here into the U.S. Uh, first ever Lumbanog sold and distributed here in the U.S., United States, and United Arab Emirates, soon to be Canada. And Congratulations. Thank you very much. So uh, where shall I start now? I think I, think I was speaking on um, our heritage's contribution yes. to, uh, into the industry. So I think it, with Lumbanog generally, uh, there is a lot of... Uh, unknowns in, in regards to like, where does it come from? Uh, uh, you know, what's it made from? And when was, when was it created? And how does that play into the history of distilled spirits? And so I think what can, the story that I believe connects the most with our industry is um, in the contribution of Lumbanog technology uh, that was adapted by, uh, you know, Mexican agave uh, uh, stillers. So, by the way, Melissa, you know, I'm trying to formulate my thoughts in, in the most simplest form. No form-based. worries. Take your time. <laughs> Take your time, Randy. <laughs> so, uh, back in uh, 1565 to 1815, about uh, two, three hundred years or so, uh, there was a Spanish galleon uh, ship. Are, are multiple ships that, uh, um, you know, in this period, they called the trading between Philippines and Mexico, uh, Spanish galleon trades. And, you know, you can Google that, look into history, and it'll tell you more about how the Spanish uh, traded between Philippines and Mexico directly. So twice per year, uh, during that two, 300 years, uh, the Spanish galleon ship would do trades from Philippines to Mexico. And one of the things that they traded among, like, uh, silks, tex textiles, and other goods was the technology of distilling. So distilling was done um, in the Philippines by these, uh, they call it, uh, uh, they called it uh, Filipino stills. And, you know, there's other terms that people associate with that, but it was a still that you can kind of create. It wasn't a big one, um, but it, it 
enable the, the, the process of distilling. So separating um, vapors from, you know, um, a fermented mash of, of uh, uh, yeast and uh, product. So anyway, I think that's uh, maybe more detailed, but uh, they, uh, in the Spanish galleon trade, uh, they brought these stills, Filipino stills to Mexico and that during those times, uh, Mexico had produced agave liquor. I mean, I'm sorry, not liquor, but like a beer. And they call it, um, they called it um, pulque. So uh, Mexican agave was uh, fermented into pulque, uh, which is like the beer form of tequila or me mezcal. Um, it was never distilled. And so once the Filipino stills were adopted into the pulque um, um, uh, industry into the, the whole process. That's when uh, mezcal and agave spirits were formed. They took the uh, uh, pulque, they, and then um, you know the, it turned into what's known now as mezcal and tequila. So um, you know, in general, uh, considering how big the tequila industry is, how big the mezcal industry is. Um, uh, not acknowledging the fact that uh, this technology was uh, uh, was contributed from the trade between the two countries is uh, would be uh, you know it would be sad to not have that story included. Yeah, and I think on the grander scale of the industry, uh, you know, it's very important for for people to know, for historians, for uh, you know, for um, aficionados of uh, tequila, it's just, it's an important story that needs to be shared. And yeah. we're, we're losing that. Um, we're, we're losing that in the industry and we're losing that on the support from our own government, which we're also, you know, we're also um, contributing to like how that discussion pans out from here forward. So. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. See, I mean, these are the things, <clears throat> my voice is all raspy today, but these are the things that are so um, important to me in terms of being able to get people to come on and really talk about the perspective. I mean, you're going back to the 1500s, you know, <laughs> and talking about the trade with Mexico. And I'm like, wow. I mean, those are things right. you're right. We do lose kind of what that history looks like and the contributions of so many other countries uh, in the United States and, and abroad. So, I mean, it's really a global conversation that we're having constantly, which is great. I'm glad you so, can acknowledge that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I just appreciate all the things that you're doing to you know make sure that the acknowledgement is there and that you're providing a perspective that a lot of people don't hear about very often when you're talking about, um, you know, Lumpenog and, and the Filipino tequila or vodka, or, I mean, the contribution is so great. Um, not to mention as we get back into, you know, farming and all of those things, it's amazing to see when we just look at the resources that we have in front of us, how we, how we actually manage and maintain them. Um, and alcohol, of course, is a great way to do so. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I think you're right. Uh, farming, you know, uh, considering how farming and that whole process and harvesting is implemented uh, is an important uh, part of the discussion too. Yeah. I want to add in, you know, like I did a, a talk at the um, California uh, Academy of uh, Science. Uh, you know, they they have the like a a museum or a space in San Francisco for that. And I was invited to speak on that on behalf of the um, Philippine Department of Tourism and uh, Industry uh, and to make sure that uh, we had a voice there. And I have, it was just a really cool opportunity to be able to be um, a part of that and, and represent, you know, a portion of our heritage that uh, it does not have, um, you know, it does not have light shunned upon. Yeah. No, in fact, I think I saw something on that. And I want to say there was a drink called Wang Wang. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold on. I think I was doing some research, Randy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. The Wang. Have you ever tried? A I, have <laughs> I have not. I have not. In the Philip. So uh, I guess what the one really cool, fun thing about what we do in our industry are cocktails. And cocktails are just a creative uh, way to express in drink format, um, you, you know, like different things you, that want, you want represented. And, uh, you know, the Wang Wang is a cocktail that was named uh, and created in the Philippines. Uh, it's just a mixture of different drinks. But there really is a, uh, a cocktail named Wang Wang. Uh, which is really funny. And, um, and there really is a drink uh, called Wang Wang. Uh, it's so cool. Yeah, no, I think it was awesome. Because I think if I remember correctly, they had, uh, they they let people try and taste uh, Lampanog yep. in Fanta. And then they also had a couple of cocktails um, that, right. they, that they allowed people to taste. So I think that was awesome. I love the fact that the that the Filipino tourism, you know, was was involved, um, almost taking people on a journey there through drinks. That's awesome. Right, right. Yeah, I, we were just ecstatic about the opportunity. I think that wasn't our first um, collaboration with Filipino uh, Philippines Tourism Department. Uh, we've also like I think in our inception, uh, we have done a celebration of Filipino foods, or we participated in a, a number of different events. Uh, one of them, I think our initial one was, uh, say, it's called a Savor Filipino. Savor Filipino is a Filipino food festival, the first of its kind that happened here in San Francisco. And it just brought together a lot of our community, um, which is very big, um, considering the number of our, our um, demographic all across the U.S. And we brought um, representatives of each, um, I guess you could say, region of the U.S. that represented our Filipino food community, and we brought them together uh, in one space here in San Francisco. I think that was back in 2014, and uh, we were, I think uh, we had an awesome opportunity. Uh, we were invited by uh, Philippines Tourism Department to represent as well uh, on the drink side, and uh, alongside, uh, I believe, like San Miguel beer. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think I think that you'd say that's probably a, you know, that that was our initial interaction. And just from there, we've we've collaborated many other times. The fact that they acknowledge that we are uh, representative of, of, you know, our culture 
here in the U.S. and they they support it is just mind blowing. You couldn't ask for more. I mean, especially coming from um, uh, coming from a place that uh, never had this product represented. You know what I mean? Um, right. Well, and and to that point, like, how did you even decide to go there? Um, since it had never been, it's not something that has been here. I mean, were you just like on a bender one night and said, <laughs> you know what, I'm going to try this or what? <laughs> yeah, I, you know what, it's a, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, the question of like, uh, you know, did you, did, uh, you know, how did you come up with the idea? Uh, did it come up? It's so funny that you posed it in that way because it is a common question. Uh, like, were you guys drinking? And then the idea came up. And so uh, initially, the yes, I think in a uh, when I was uh, searching for something I can involve myself in, um, like shortly after I graduated uh, my university studies, the question of like, what should I involve myself in? Where can I contribute to? You know um, the the um, society and uh, what I believe in, and uh, something that holds true to my culture and my beliefs. Um, I was I was drinking <laughs> with, with uh, my business partner at the time, and um, I think I think the you know one of the things that I, I that inspired me to bring the, up the idea to my business partner at the, after uh, a night of drinking was um, you know. I graduated college in my university studies. I had a, um, a graduation party and all my family was there. And and uh, what's kind of special in some Filipino families is that they may have a Lumbanog bottle that they have flew and snuck into their luggage uh, when flying here to the U.S. And this is uh, very common with many Filipino families. Uh, not all, I would say, but many. They'll have a Lumbanog bottle that was flown from the Philippines and it's in the, uh, you know, their liquor cabinet, something like that. But they'll only have a drink during uh, special occasions. And, you know, my graduation, uh, a bottle was brought out uh, that was aged over 20 something years. Um, and as I uh, shared that with my family, uh, it, I would have to say it was one of the best alcohols I've ever tasted. And that's coming from a college experience of, you know, drinking and things like that. Celebrating and enjoying yourself, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and I said, wow, why is this not here? Why is it not here in the U.S.? And I started going on Google and uh, it was not. And I was so um, taken back because uh, of the amount of uh, alcohols that are represented here in the U.S. Uh, in comparison to our demographics, like we have a, uh, our community holds like a large uh, part of, uh, you know, some regions and uh, just considering that and us not being represented in the space of distilled spirits was, um, you know, it was shocking. And I said, this is what I want to be a part of. This is where I want to contribute and add to the story for our community. And, um, you know, building a small business is always difficult, but I'm so happy to say and um, deliver the message that, hey, I think uh, we, we not I think, but we are um, gaining traction here. We have gotten noticed even by the bigger uh, portfolio, global portfolios. They've, you know, we've been uh, connected with many of them. And uh, not only that, but we've also had the uh, chance to um, share Lumbanog to the, uh, to 
the industry at large and make it available. And I think that that has been a an awesome uh, experience to to do. And you know, yeah, no one else has that. I mean, and you know, even we even have like uh, others that are uh, following in our footsteps. The next generation that I see. Um, and it's not only Lumbanog, it's like different. And it's not only in the US, but now people, uh, there are others that are looking to bring it elsewhere. And I'm just, uh, I'm like, wow, this is exactly the, the kind of um, um, push and collective uh, uh, effort that we, we need in order to create a voice here. You, you are definitely blazing a trail. Um, so I, you know, I see lots of wonderful things and you're pretty young yourself, um, to be the CEO of your own brand, which is awesome. So, and I think one of the things that's really interesting to me, especially, um, you know, looking at how young you are, you're already really mentoring others, um, you know, and so your leadership in that way is just amazing to me. Because I think a lot of people, you know, they're very specific and everything is very competitive. Yes. Um, But you tend to be very, you know, mentoring to other people, even in your industry. Yeah, I think uh, collaboration uh, for us uh, in our experience as a brand has been the most uh, uh, support. Like that's been the most supportive thing for us uh, to not only keep us afloat, but to push us to the next level. And uh, just our my experience and my team's experience take on the industry itself. I think it's very uh, unique in that um, it's exclusive. And so like, you know, if you were to think about any other industry, I don't know, let's say ice cream, um, maybe uh, having ice cream restaurant, I think, uh, being able to support another, you know, someone else's endeavor to start an ice cream restaurant elsewhere, I'm sure that they would love to, to, um, cont- you know, uh, support them and, and guide them. And uh, what I found here in in the alcohol industry after you know ten plus years, over ten years, surely, uh, was that it's very exclusive, um, almost fraternity like, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really have to know the right people, uh, make the right connections, otherwise. you will not, you will be shunned out. And, Mm. you know, I mean, there's a lot of um, nuances to consider when involving yourself in the industry. And I've uh, luckily been able, we've, our brand has been able to survive uh, navigating through that. And I think that's because of the support of our community Um, because the community has built up a voice and we have support there. I think the, those that have a say in, what's uh, included into the next um, generation of uh, spirits to be considered in certain um, outlets, uh, they've taken a notice to, you know, us because of the support. And so I wanted to take that same, um, the same collaborative um, uh, effort and, you know, um, uh, support uh, another brand that I believed held the same values and, um, really um, did something good and represent something well. Um, and, um, you know, we were, we, that's, that's exactly, uh, I think it's representative of our people, even, you know, just being yeah. very inclusive and sharing. And um, what better way to do that than, you know, share it with 
others in, um, that want to do the same thing. Yeah. Let's pause for a moment. We'll be right back. What a fabulous leader you are um, in the space. Um, I think it. I think it's just awesome, um, especially as we talk about. I mean, you talk about the importance of not only the people and the culture, but you know how they are in fact supporting you. Which you know, kind of, it, it to me, everything comes back to why people need to be engaged in the community is because your voice does matter. It makes a difference. Um, And so to the extent that you actually can express your values, your thoughts, your feedback, and spend your money accordingly, you know, it speaks volumes to the world, right? Right, right. You know, Melissa, I think it's so uh, fitting. Uh, This discussion is so fitting because uh, and, and what Jolly represents as a podcast and, and the values that uh, you guys are, are putting out there and um, are representing also, I think it's very fitting this discussion because uh, I think in our experience, we were able to live, live that and see the outcome of a community that comes together in support of our communities and representation and um, see it actually apply to a mainstream audience and um, have it accepted and acknowledged. And I, I just want to give like a, uh, one example that I was super proud of. I think about two years ago, I think it was prior to COVID, there was a New York Times um, article, or not only article, front page, New, Year's, uh, New York Times front page uh, article on Filipino food. And that has never happened before. But I believe it uh, the the spark for that to happen started from the little communities coming together in support of each other and starting that discussion. And then it kind of led to, hey, there's something going on, you know, something going on here. You know, these uh, editors and uh, journalists are saying there's something going on here that's happening. Let's cover it. And just that support from not only within the community, but from outside and just um, from that angle is, is just, we were able to see that. And I'm so, uh, um, I believe that this, these types of discussions that we're even having now on this podcast are very important. For yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But, um, one of the things I was going to ask you is, you know, you talked about the, um, you know, having to know people, which was kind of a nice way of saying there's a good, there's a good old boy network somewhere in there, I'm sure. Um, You said it very nicely, but, um, (laughs) but I think one of the things, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there's lots of lessons learned, um, you know, as you've gone through this journey, as you all have come out with the brand, um, are there things now because of the mentorship and collaboration that you're certainly pursuing, do you, do you see some of that getting better? Um, you know, is there an impact or are there things that other people can do to, to kind of celebrate what you're doing in the space? 
Um, let's see. I guess the question is, do we see it getting better? Do we see, do we see the collaboration amongst uh, uh, inner, I guess, like inter-community collaboration? Is that? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Um, or is there room for improvement? Because if there's room for improvement, maybe that's what we're looking for today. Yeah, I think there is a, a room for improvement. Um, just maybe if we're, we're talking industry-wise, I think uh, the times are changing. Um, back when we first started, uh, it was either you're a big brand or you know, you're not and you're not included into the big retail space. But now um, because of the little brands are starting their communities, uh, that opened up the idea of, hey, let's start a craft you know, industry. And now even if you walk into big retailers, like, you know, I'm not sure if I can say, but BevMo or, you know, Total Wine, mm. uh, they have aisles dedicated for smaller craft brands. And I think that is a step forward, but, um, and I think it's progressed. I do think it is progressing, but there is uh, definitely a room for improvement in, in how um, uh, these brands can start and, um uh, and even grow. I know even the large portfolios have only recently created um, uh, venture capital or funds that can support um, startups uh, that look to aim towards that direction. And for that to just happen now is, um, well, it's a good thing that it's happening, um, but for it to just happen now, uh, it means it's just the beginning. And I think that there's a lot more room for us to kind of um, help build that. Yes, yes, for sure. Well, and I'm, I'm just thinking back to when you started in terms of, you know, your own capital uh, funding process had to be pretty challenging. So, I yeah. mean, it's nice to see the, you know, tides perhaps starting to turn. Um, so Thank that's you. awesome. Right, right. I, um, starting up uh, any business is very difficult, and you know, I guess, I guess uh, maybe that's a defining um, challenge. That if you know, if you are serious about moving forward with a business, maybe that's a challenge that uh, must be overcome by any small business. Um, anything that comes easy is easily thrown away, but uh, you dedicate yourself and you commit yourself. Uh, then, you know, you're open to anything and you can do anything. Yep. Definitely. In fact, I just was looking at a, um, a study that was sent to me earlier and they were talking about how um, there's a new report out there that talks about racism, discouraging, um, specifically this one was Black businesses from funding, but it was really about the fact that um, you know, they, <clears throat> you get to the point where you don't even want to apply because you know you're going to be rejected. Mm. Um, and so there were, um, I think the, the number of, of firms that, of Black firms that were, um, that did not apply for financing was like 40%, where if you looked at, you know, it was only 12% for white firms or 24% for Hispanic and 22% for Asian firms. Um, and so it, it's interesting to me because when you talk about continual discrimination and racism and how it can impact 
you know, the businesses that you want to open, the expansion that you want to do, um, not because you don't want to do it, just because you've been discriminated against in the past. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, it's discouraging uh, from, from, you know, uh, a place of uh, previous experience and, and, and uh, just seeing like what kind of, you know, in comparison, like what type of support do we have as, as uh, you know, maybe minorities or, or different uh, um, background, I guess, you know, uh, compared to like others. And I think yeah. that, yeah, it's very discouraging. Uh, it's very discouraging to see that um, play out and should not be. I think um, success should not be um, defined by, you know, our, our, the color of our skin. And, you know, yeah. I, I don't see how that changes anything. Uh, that needs to be changed. Well, and I think it's so, I mean, that's one of the reasons I love doing this because celebrating people that are doing it like you are um, is so inspiring to me. And I hope it's inspiring to other people who are listening and seeing you blaze a trail um, at your young age um, to become a CEO. I know you also just got married not long ago. So <laughs> congratulations right. there. Thank you. <laughs> Two twenty-two twenty-two. Two twenty-two twenty-two on that Tuesday. Uh, yeah, at two twenty-two awesome. p.m. <laughs> that's awesome. at two twenty-two p.m. Yeah. At oh my gosh. <laughs> it's yeah. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> that's another story, but yeah, it's a cool. It's a cool little thing we wanted to have. That's there. awesome. Awesome. All right. So so tell us more about what we can expect with Lumpenog. Okay, so uh, so within Fanta Lumbanog, uh, we have just recently increased our distribution uh, into more stores, 35 more stores in, of Bevmo. Uh, we have uh, increased our sales over our current in our current um, uh, retail locations at Seafood City. Seafood City is our biggest uh, supporter, and that is a Filipino retail-owned business. But we're also in Total Wine. We're expanding into different uh, uh, regions. Uh, so. Uh, one of them being Canada, like I mentioned earlier, but we are also in United Arab Emirates at uh, Spiny's locations and select uh, hotel venues. Um, and, you know, right now online, you can purchase it in uh, different uh, states. So different states are governed by different laws. So sometimes it may not be available, but you can see if it's available online and you can purchase it from there. Uh, the preferred one I'd like to refer people to is holidaywinecellar.com. So if you know, if you're in the East Coast and you want to grab a bottle and it's not available there, you can go to HolidayWineCellar.com. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, that just continual growth. I, in regards to branding, we're, we're changing up branding a bit and uh, uh, trying to navigate through, you know, post-COVID times and seeing how productions work because that's always a, a monster. And uh, yeah, just trying to step to the next level and uh you know, maintain. I, th I think we are doing a fantastic job. Uh, our team is doing great. And uh, having opportunities like this, being a part of Jolly Podcast is just amazing and uh, truly appreciative of it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and tell us Infanta, the name, where, mm -hmm. where did that originate? So uh, Infanta is a name of a town uh, in the uh, Quezon province of the Philippines. Um, now, I should distinguish, uh, 
Infanta is not where we source our product, but it is more of an inspiration uh, in a story where uh, one of our friends have um, volunteered his time through, I think, the Red Cross um, when the town was devastated um, and brought to like, you know, all of the buildings were destroyed. And so uh, when he volunteered in uh, the town of Infanta to help rebuild it, the uh, townspeople and more particularly the uh, town priest uh, offered to him a bottle of Lambanog in, uh, you know, in, I wouldn't say compensation, but maybe to show his gratitude uh, for volunteering, even though the town had nothing. Uh, he literally was uh, devastated. And uh, for the fact of that, um, you know, that actual, um, um, Gift giving it was more it was more um it told a lot about who we were as a people and uh, our gratitude and also um just being able to rebuild and um coming out of that together meant a lot and we wanted that to be represented in our brand um they do they do uh manufacture lumbanug in infanta but that's not where we get it uh, but that story is so so integral as uh, into representative into yeah. who we are as a people. I think that's awesome. The resilience, the strength. You know, there's so many different um, components to that. So inspiring. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Can I add I- one more thing? Uh, um, Infanta is a, actually a Spanish word uh, that is, you know, in regards to like royalty and like the family. Um, uh, royal of royal family. It is an infanta is not the princess, but it is the next in line, uh, the next daughter in line. So, uh, if if we were to play that into our story, uh, we are not the princess, or this brand is not the princess coming into um, the distilled spirits industry, but we are the next in next line. in line next shooting, in line shooting for yeah exactly oh, are you telling me that maybe you're telling me you have like a a daughter on the way no i'm just kidding <laughs> i you know uh, you know my wife and i we, we're uh, we're planning on <laughs> we're planning on having a future with kids and I, i'm looking forward to it i i i joke around with our our mutual friend Man, emmanuel because uh, he has children um Man, Emmanuel is the owner of uh, Old Hillside Bourbon Company, and they have a whiskey. Uh, and for all, you know, I'm also helping uh, mentor and guide them through the industry. But I always joke with him uh, in regards to like having children, and it, we just joke around a lot. And uh, he says, uh, you know, it's a handful, but it's it's worth uh, you know worth every bit of uh, having children. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, hopefully, you'll come back and tell us all about that once you. <laughs> <laughs> Once you cross that that opportunity, yeah. How about how about you, Melissa? Are you, do you have children of your own? I, I have. Oh had, yes, I yeah. have three, and I have six grandkids. Actually, wow! Oh, congrats! That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yes, we are expanding and expanding. So. It's uh, you know, it's like once you start, they just kind of keep on going. So, how how is the uh, how is this discussion? Um, passed down to uh you know the fashions like the discussion of inclusion and uh diversity how important that is like I'm, I'm so interested you know what's so interesting about it is um so my husband and I started Kwanzaa uh gosh like 20 22 23 years ago 
Um, and that was kind of our first, my husband was completely into history of every kind. So he could tell you your history, no matter where you came from. Um, and so for us, it was, you know, let's start with Kwanzaa. We were kind of sick of the commercialization of Christmas, but really wanted to focus on something cultural. Um, and to be honest, I don't think we actually thought our kids were paying any attention until all of a sudden they were like teenagers and they started getting like tattoos with, you know, Kwanzaa principles. And <laughs> you know, it was like wow. all of a sudden we were like, oh my gosh, they were actually listening. Yeah. Um, and so now, you know, it's like all of them are doing something that has to do with, you know, inclusion, their mindset, they're caring for others, they're um, you know, focusing on different um, health and wellness, ritualistic ceremonies. Um, and the oldest one is in the Air Force. Um, and he's teaching on, you know, uh, inclusion as well. So um, it's been kind of one of those things where you continue to expand your conversation. Everybody's always learning. Um, and so I don't think you ever get to the point where you can't be educated on something that has to do with inclusion because nobody knows everything about every culture. Um, but it's an opportunity for us to continue to have that dialogue and just continue to, you know, be open and hearing about other cultures. And I mean, the fact that you talk about the fact that people can really give Infanta in a way that you know, really shows the amount of gratitude and the special, um, you know, event that you might be coming to when they're bringing Lampanog, I think is so um, amazing because, you know, it's like we want to be able to connect with others uh, in a way that really allows us to understand different cultures. And I think it's so um, awesome that you're giving people the opportunity to share something that's bigger than the drink yeah but the connection uh, which I, is I, awesome i, I agree I, I maybe i want to ask here because uh you know in in previous podcasts we've done we've had um new um uh you know new um interested um fans in, into our brand and also those have who have been part of the podcast that have just learned uh, well, learned and also others from our community that, that's kind of um, uh, following our, uh, you know, our, you know, our, um, our progress oh, here and, and, yeah. and inclusion. So I, I wanted to ask, um, like, in, in regards to like, um, inclusion and diversity, and, you know, in my, my opinion, uh, in my experience, I think that dialogue is only um, started in the last decade maybe two decades i i don't know but maybe you can kind of dive more into that and i know on my part um it's very important that it's talked about um because we lived it you know we, we're living like um in in our collaborations in our our values and um i don't think our brand has uh done the best job at, at uh exposing that that story um but maybe for those who are following in this podcast uh, and our, um, you know, hearing it maybe for the first time, our 
uh, experience in that discussion. Like, I'm wondering, maybe could could you kind of uh, give our followers even uh, some background into uh, like just the history of like where did this discussion start and uh, why is it important? And I don't know, maybe in brief. But I, it's yeah, I mean, you know, I could go back hundreds of years. No, <laughs> but um, I think you know, I think what's so relevant um, today is we have such a, uh, a push. I think, honestly, um, you know, when, when George Floyd's daughter said, you know, my daddy changed the world, it actually, I mean, that whole <clears throat> murder, I think, really opened a lot of people's eyes about, um, you know, something that they didn't realize was so bad. Um, and I think for, you know, certainly a lot of the black community, it's like, you know, yet another time this has happened. Um, and, you know, often there is not a whole lot of justice that takes place. Um, and so I think with the with our ability now with the technology to actually, you know, take video, take pictures, you know, and have people there. Um, telling the story, um, along with the fact that, you know, there is this whole movement and, you know, people would say, you know, Black Lives Matter and people would think about, well, all lives matter. Yes, all lives matter. But the point was really to help people understand that Black Lives Matter, it, because most of the time they don't. Um, and so it wasn't taking away from the fact that everybody else's life matters or that the police matter. It's really about just giving us the same amount of, of matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I agree. And so, with that. and so being able to, and I think, you know, even as I was working in corporate at the time, um, as a vice president at Visa, one of the things that really came out for us was people started really talking and having a dialogue about things that they never would have before. I mean, we heard stories from people of different ethnicities that were, you know, discriminated against and having just as, you know, much of a, a difficult time, um, some having been beaten and tortured and all sorts of things. And I think it really allowed um, people to um, express themselves in a way that was a much deeper connection to know how similar we are as people. Um, we're not all that different from each other. Um, and so being able to collaborate as you are doing in so many different ways and, you know, giving back to the community, um, that's really what people are looking for is just to be, to, to be allowed to have the same opportunities as everyone, right? And, and as those that have the privileged, um, which are typically white males, you know, let's, there is more than enough space, you know, in the world for everyone. And um, I think the point is to make sure there are equitable practices throughout the process, whether you're talking about recruiting for jobs or, you know, getting capital for your business, um, just an equal opportunity. Um, no special treatment necessarily, but just an equal opportunity. 
Right. I think uh, with with that in mind, it, it just brings be, brings me back to a couple of experiences I've had in um, you know um, in my, some of my meetings. And so, uh, some of my business partners are of the black uh, black community within the black community. And um, uh, when I when I introduce um, one partner with another from different businesses, I, I there was something that that there's an experience that I've had in that instance uh, that I think was very uh, unique in that um, the question, the discussion of, oh, like, have you, like, so like, I, I was part, I don't know how I can make this uh, uh, simple. I'm sorry. Let me, let me try to. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so I've introduced uh, some of my uh, business partners together, um, both being black. And um, uh, the question that they, you know, when they first met, one of the questions that were brought up was, so have you experienced, um, um, you know, the discrimination, you know, the discrimination, I can say it word for word, but along the lines of, um, you know, what is your experience in, you know, in this industry, um, uh, you know, have they treat, you know, do they treat you differently? And for, for that question to just come up uh, uh, was unique for me. I haven't come across something like that, but to realize like, Wow. Okay. This is um, this is something that's happening, and um, you know there are people that are being discriminated. Um, the 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 it's it's happening, and for me to experience something like that was was new, and um, just for that topic to be um, brought, brought up, up, yeah, was like eye-opening and made me think like, you know, I, this shouldn't be happening. And um, this is where I want to step in and say, this is, this is, uh, this should not be happening. And I want to push forward even more, whatever collaboration we're doing, I'm, I want to support this. And I want to make sure that, you know, we are supporting each other and that you don't feel that way, especially when it comes with uh, business with, with me and uh, anyone of my networks that we work together. Um, yeah, I, I will say that that was a unique um, a topic of discussion in, in, from any meeting I've had. Um, it is important to, uh, to know that this is happening. And just from those discussions itself, I think people can um, formulate how, how we can structure things better uh, for our future as a society. Um, I hope that makes sense. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think I'm hopefully that's what most of us want these days is to just be able to um, make sure that we're impacting the community in a way that allows um, everyone that equal opportunity. So, so that's awesome. I mean, the fact that you're first, you know, in many ways for the, for the, you know, distilled spirits um, is amazing. So you are blazing the trail, my friend. <laughs> Thanks so, for having yeah. yeah. So we're excited to see you uh, blossom and grow. And we're going to be following Infanta. Um, I'm going to get my bottle <laughs> so that I can <laughs> so that I can celebrate as well. I've got um, a bottle for you, Melissa. I've got one here. <laughs> so. No, we will definitely be buying a bottle, but we will share it and um and definitely spread the word uh, for those around 
And I'm looking forward to hearing so much more from you, Randy, and your success. So anything we can do, um, we look forward to having you back. And maybe you can talk um, more at that point as your company grows about all of the um, focus uh, that you all have as you're moving forward. I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate being here. Thanks for having us. Uh, this is a wonderful podcast that is so fitting and we are excited to be here. And hopefully, you know, there's uh, 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 new uh, fans of our brand. And uh, also, uh, we also bring the same to your brand as well. And I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time. And um, sorry, my voice was so raspy today, but we were just going to keep on moving. I, I didn't want to miss the conversation. So don't <laughs> worry. So th um, thanks again, Randy. And I look forward to um, hearing more from Infanta. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for joining me on the Jolly Podcast. Please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.